Pastor Ray Bentley points out how the little town of Bethlehem fits into God's plan of redemption. Bethlehem is the place where shepherds raised the sheep that would be used for sacrifice. How amazing then that Jesus, who is called the Lamb of God, he would sacrifice his life as the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. He, as the Lamb of God, was born in Bethlehem. Spread news of his people coming down before the King. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Christmas cards can cause us to get lost in a romanticized version of how Jesus was born. The real story is far more earthy, but at the same time, far more heavenly. Today, Pastor Ray helps us uncover the real story of Christmas, not from a greeting card, but from God's love letter. Don't you love the Christmas story? I never get tired of hearing it. I never get tired of telling the Christmas story. It's truly the most powerful of all stories. And of course, best of all, it's a true story. Now, what is in a name? Now, if I were to look up, what are the top five names for boys in our time? And here they are. Some of you may have some of these names. These are the most popular right now. Number one is Noah which I have a grandson named Noah. Number two is Liam. (laughs) Number three, Mason. Uh, Number four is Jacob. And rounding out at number five is William. Here's the top five girls' names right now. Emma, Olivia, Sophia, Ava, and Isabella. And I also know that there are some parents, look, you know, when I was growing up and through the 60s and 70s, there were some characters that had, they named their children some very strange, odd names. Uh, You know, I don't know why they did it, but they did it. And of course, there are some that thought, who had unusual last names, that thought it would be cute to have a funny name in the first name and join it with the second one. So these are actual names that were chosen by parents for some children. The first one is Chris B. Bacon. (laughs) Was a real name. Imagine you're in school, they're going through, you know, the the list of kids, uh, roll call. Is Alba Tross here with us today? Here's another one. Bia Clown was a real name. And then (laughs) there was, of course, Miss Cookie Cutter. Is Miss Cookie Cutter here today? Now, this is a true story. My parents, who are from you know, another generation, and they were from the valley or whatever, supposedly there, there was, and this is sad, but they had, there was a girl whose first name was Ima, and her last name was Hog. I think that's mean. I'm a hog. I, I don't know why they would do that, but. Well, listen, in biblical days, names were very special. They really meant something. So Jesus has a name above all names. Now I put into your notes a scripture, Luke chapter one, verses 30 through 33. This is the angel and what the angel who appeared to this young girl named Mary said to her. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. 
and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Do you realize what that angel was saying to Mary? You shall call his name Jesus. He shall rule forever and of his kingdom. It's a king that you are going to give birth to, Mary. His kingdom shall never end. And in the name of Jesus Christ, his name is above all names. His name is a name of the power of heaven. The name of Jesus is a name of the glory of almighty God. And the Bible tells us that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He has an amazing name, a beautiful name, and a powerful name. And I wonder if you have a Bible, you can open it to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2. I want to read to you the first two verses and then verses 9 through 11. And for just a moment, I want to talk about the Magi. You've heard of these wise men from the east. They were from far, far away from Israel. And they were in a land where a prophecy had been given centuries earlier that one day there would be a sign in the heavens, a star that would symbolize the birth of a king in Israel, but this would be the king of the whole world. So in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, We read, now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men, magi from the east, came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Now, the magi were, number one, extremely intelligent. They were actually an advisory council that was hired by kings of ancient kingdoms. They were the the smartest people. They could read and interpret signs, omens. They could understand and get tips, as it were, from the supernatural, and kings relied upon them. They were not only the brightest people of their governments and kingdoms, but they were the wealthiest. So they're intelligent, they're wealthy, they're powerful, and now they come to follow and learn about Jesus. Now look in verse nine, it says, and when they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them until it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. They were looking for this baby who was a king that they could now come and worship. In verse 11, and when they had come into the house, note that, not to the manger, but to a house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down. Can you imagine you're a young couple, Joseph and Mary, and these men who are wealthy, powerful, and who have come bearing gifts, get down on their faces to the ground and worship your child. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So these were the gifts that were worthy of a king. The night that Jesus was born, we know that these wise men were not there. 
So they were a ways off. They saw the star. They start traveling even during the, the night that Jesus was born. When they finally arrive, Jesus is no longer in the manger, but he's in a house. Could have been up to two years later. So it wasn't in the stable. But I want you to note that God used signs. God used a star in the heavens. And it was actually a prophetic promise that had been given in ancient times from Numbers chapter 24, verse 17. This is one of their ancient prophets, a guy, an interesting guy named Balaam. And here's what he said. I see him, he's talking about the Messiah, but not now. I behold him, so he had a vision, but not near, not in his lifetime. A star shall come out of Jacob, a scepter shall rise out of Israel. So a king, a scepter means a king will be born that will change the course of history, that will literally change the world. And so they saw the star, they began to follow, and the star led them to Bethlehem, and finally they bowed down and they worshiped with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, tradition tells us that there were three wise men. Now, we don't know. The Bible doesn't actually tell us how many wise men there were. There could have actually been an entourage. Could have been a dozen or more. So we don't know exactly how many there were. But tradition, they give names to them, and then there was a song that was written and a poem that was written, and it's a beautiful uh, song and a beautiful poem. We three kings of Orient are, bearing gifts we traverse afar, field and fountain, moor and mountain, following yonder star. O star of wonder, star of night, star with royal beauty bright, westward leading, still proceeding, guide us to thy perfect light. Born a king on Bethlehem's plain, gold I bring to crown him again, king forever, ceasing never, over us all to reign. So it's a beautiful song and a beautiful poem, and it gives us the idea of these men, wise, wealthy, powerful, influential, leaders to kings and kingdoms, but who gave up everything to come and bow down and worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. Pastor Ray's messages reach so many each day, and we've received encouraging comments from listeners around the world. I tuned in from England and was able to witness Daniel Bentley's anointing as pastor. What a legacy Pastor Ray left. Well done in raising up a son such as this. Pastor Daniel is continuing the work the Lord gave Ray decades ago. We watched Daniel preach following the anointing, and there is no doubt whatsoever the Lord's hand is on him. Messages like that continue to be such a great encouragement to all of us at Maranatha Radio. If you'd like to write a message, send an email to ray at raybentley.com or post a comment online at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. All right, let's go to the Gospel of Luke. Last scripture, Matthew, Mark, Luke. I want to talk about the shepherds for just a moment. Luke chapter 2, there were shepherds. So now the very night that Jesus was born, there were shepherds in Bethlehem. Now, for those who don't know, Bethlehem is a little village to this day, obviously, and it's only about seven miles away 
from the city of Jerusalem where the temple was. And I don't know if you knew this or not, but of course, every year when the Jews would come from all over the place to worship in Jerusalem, let's say like Passover, and every family, uh, you know, with hundreds of thousands of them, they had to have a lamb. So when you have Passover annually, where are you going to get tens of thousands of lambs for all these families? Well, guess what? Bethlehem is the place where shepherds raised the sheep right next to Jerusalem that would be used for Passover and for sacrifice. How amazing then that Jesus, who is called the Lamb of God, who would lay down his life on the cross, he would sacrifice his life as the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. He, as the Lamb of God, was born in Bethlehem on the same night where lambs were being raised and where they were being watched by shepherds temple uh, shepherds, as it were. So Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8, it says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. See, David, King David, was born in Bethlehem. The Messiah came through David and was born in Bethlehem. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with this angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace good will toward men. That night, shepherds on a cold night in Bethlehem, trying to warm themselves, watching the sheep, very lonely, and all of a sudden, the sky parts. An angel of the Lord from the heavenly realm steps through the torn opening and begins to proclaim to the shepherds who become the first prophets that the king of the universe is being born to you tonight in the city of David. And no doubt, uh, they, these shepherds were eyewitnesses to these events that night. And no doubt, it's the most remarkable event that ever happened in human history when the Son of God was born as a tiny baby to a human mother. He was not half man, half God, but he was fully human and fully divine. As the angel explained, the Holy Spirit would overshadow her and the child that would be born would be the son of the highest. And these shepherds were witness and began to share and spread the news. And not too long afterward, the Magi would come, wealthy, powerful. Now think about this. You have within the space of a very short time those who were at the highest intellectual and economic status of the world, the Magi, who came and got on their faces bearing gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh and worshiping the baby Jesus. But you also have those on the lowest end of the economic scale, shepherds. It didn't get any lower, even in Israeli society, than being a shepherd. It was the humblest, poorest, occupation you could possibly have. So the king is born to both the high, the low, the rich, and the poor. 
In other words, God made the birth of his son in such a way that he comes to us wherever we are in life. Every one of you has their own story. You have your own unique life experience. In fact, you're the only one who has experienced life as you. You are that personal. Just like you have a personal fingerprint, you have a personal life and life experience. And God knows you. God has always known you. And he has been watching over you. And in a way, in every, every year, at this time of year, God is seeking to bring us, whether from high or low, near or far, to the attention of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. God comes to us wherever we are. Uh, I'm gonna tell a story because a friend of mine and ours, his name is Tom Doyle. He's written a book, and one of the stories that Tom tells is the story of, of in Syria, there was a, a young couple that wanted to go and share their faith of Jesus to a community called Druze. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Druze, but it's a little minority community within the country of Syria, but they're devout Muslim. And so when this Christian man came, they came to him and they said, you are not bringing your Christianity to us, you are not to share with us, uh, we don't want that, we don't need it, we have our own religion, etc., etc. But they took the man and they beat him up. There were some, they were watching him, they were listening to him, and they beat him from head to toe and threatened him, don't you open your mouth, don't you say anything, don't you share. You leave us to our ancient religion and ways. And so he's praying and the Lord, you know, what do you want me to do? And, and now I'm getting beat up and they're rejecting and the Lord just said, be faithful. And so finally, they came to him one day and they said, you know what? One day, if you stay here, one day you'll be walking and you will disappear and no one will know what happened to you and you will just disappear from off of the earth. Do you know what we are saying? And you won't know when and you won't know how and you won't know from where. So you can imagine as, as he is there. And so anyway, the story goes that there was a couple there of Druze and they had uh, their, their daughter, young daughter, was dying of cancer and she had stage four cancer. When you are parents and you have a child and nothing has worked and all of your prayers have failed and you've gone to the doctors and there's nothing more they can do except to say you, you, you can't do anything, love your child until she dies. And then you hear that there are people that would pray in a different way and in a different name. So word was given, sure, pray, you pray. And so they said, we pray in the mighty, worthy, powerful, precious name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, God, that you touch this young girl, that you would heal her, destroy that cancer, remove it from her body, and make her whole in Jesus' name. Well, so he prayed. Nothing seemed immediately to happen, but shortly thereafter, all of a sudden, one day he goes to his door, he opens it up, and there's like 50 people from the community there. And he, you know, he's like, oh my gosh, they're here to kill me or to drag me away or whatever. And they're like, no, 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 would you pray for my aunt? Would you pray for my child? Would you pray for my grandmother? And, and so he's terrorized, pray, all these people, what happened? And there was the guys that had beat him up and he's looking at them like, well, what do I do? And they're like, it's okay, praise. Uh, didn't you hear? And he goes, no, what? And they said, the couple that you prayed for that had a little girl with cancer, she was taken to the doctor in another country and the doctor said, what did you do to this child? She has no cancer. It's absolutely disappeared from her body. And they came back and they told their community, all of a sudden, 
they were saying, we want to hear more about Jesus. That's the powerful, he is alive. He is living. He is doing what he did then, today. So what I'm sharing, this is not just a story, uh, you know, with little animals and fuzzy creatures from thousands of years ago, but Jesus Christ is alive. He is living. Because he lives and rose from the dead, he is still doing today what he did then. And he's doing it in San Diego, he's doing it in Syria, and he's doing it all over the world. Because there are two and a half billion people around the planet this weekend that are celebrating, bowing, and worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. 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 So, I want you to all bow your heads and close your eyes. I want to give you an opportunity to receive the greatest gift. This is what Christmas is all about. And it's not a gift you have to buy. In fact, you can't afford it. The gift is called salvation. The gift is eternal life. The one who is offering you the gift is none other than the Savior himself. Jesus said in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and will open the door, I will come in and we will sup together. Symbolically, in Jewish culture, that means we will become friends. He will become your savior. Maybe there's someone that's never given their life to Christ, but maybe this Christmas you're ready to finally stop fighting and resisting and you're ready to open the door. Well, how do you do it? You by praying. Praying is a spiritual word for just talking directly and honestly with God. The Bible says that if you will confess with your lips Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, salvation will be yours. So we're gonna just say a very simple prayer and, and it's between you and him. But let's pray out loud together so that we're confirming, we're not hiding, but we're sharing with him our desire to know him personally. So if that's your desire, pray out loud with me after this manner. Dear Lord Jesus, I admit that I am a sinner and I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I am so sorry for everything I've done wrong. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross in my place. I open the door of my heart and I ask you to come into my life to be my personal Lord and Savior. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit. I receive the gift of eternal life. Now help me follow you, Jesus, all the way to heaven until I see you face to face. In Jesus' name, amen. Important prayer from Pastor Ray Bentley today here on Maranatha Radio. And if you have questions about the Christian life, or if we can offer some encouragement as you begin walking with the Lord, go to our website, raybentley.com, and click the word about. You'll find some good reassurance there. Now, today's study is titled The Real Christmas Story. If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. There at the homepage, there's a place to leave a written tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And by clicking Media, you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo, 
three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can arrange to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions each day automatically at no charge, and also link to his YouTube and Facebook pages. Why not bookmark it? RayBentley.com. And then after 30 years on the radio and the passing of Pastor Ray Bentley in early 2022, we're approaching the end of the Maranatha radio program. We'd like to thank you, our dedicated listeners, who've joined us through the years as we've journeyed with Pastor Ray through the Bible. We'll be continuing the broadcast through the remainder of 2023, but we're excited to share that we'll have a dedicated online location to access all of Pastor Ray's content, including video, audio sermons, books, and more. Please visit raybentley.com to follow along with us. But we hope you'll stay with us here on the radio through the end of the year. Well, next time, join Pastor Ray for another timely message for Christmas. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.